0: Hi there, I'm Dr. Trevor Cates, welcome to the Spot Doctor podcast. Emotional stress can show up physically in the body and impair our ability to heal. So I invited today's guest on today to talk about ways to help you release tension. Dr. Tara Rasta received her Bachelor of Science in Neuroscience and Psychobiology from UCLA and then went on to get her doctoral degree in chiropractic from Southern California University of Health Science. She takes the whole person into account by addressing the physical, mental, spiritual, and social spheres of life. From healing waves and personalized meal plans to group sessions, her comprehensive approach to healthcare treats a culture of healing and support for everyone. In today's podcast, we cover specific techniques with breath work, movement, and body work that help release both emotional and physical stress to help you open up opportunities for healing and optimal health. So please enjoy this interview. Dr. Tara, it's great to have you on the podcast, welcome. Thank you so much, I'm glad to be here. So we're talking today about how emotional tension shows up physically in the body, and especially this time of year during the holidays, who doesn't have a little bit of extra stress, right? But, but it really can impact our ability, our body's ability to heal, and that trauma can get
1: really locked in our bodies, right? That's true, so anytime we perceive something as trauma, depending on how bad the trauma is, it gets locked into different parts of our body. Our muscles, just like our brain, they have memory. They remember uh, things that happen around us. So one of the things that happens is that when we perceive something as trauma, that frequency and that vibration of the trauma gets locked in and it creates holding patterns where people usually become have a forward shoulder. They tuck in their heart. Their spine becomes more rounded. And a result of that, it impacts your whole spinal cord because your spinal cord has all these nerves that go to the organs to tell the organs what to do. So when you have that impact in the spinal cord and that tension and that holding pattern, that's going to impact the way the brain and the spinal cord communicates with the organs and the body. Yeah. And so if we don't take care of this kind of thing, what what are some of the health issues that you see with people? One of the most common health issues that I see with women is thyroid issues. I would say that Anytime that I have a woman come in in my office, about nine out of 10 or nine out of 15 of those people have thyroid issues. They often had a hyperthyroidism. So it starts with hypothyroidism and then they go into hypothyroidism. And most of the time when you check their antibodies, they have Hashimoto, where their antibodies of the thyroid is really high. And I would say that most of these people have a really good chance of healing their thyroid disease through the work that I do, because we take the body from the state of fight and flight, the state of really stressed into state of deep healing and parasympathetic. So as you already know, the state of sympathetic truly takes away from the energy of our body. It takes away from us healing because all the blood goes into your muscles in case you need to fight somebody or run away. We give the opportunity to the people who come into the office so that they can sit and they can have greater self-awareness, they can breathe deeper into the different areas of their body, Um, I do some sound therapy, just anything that's going to help their body go from the state of sympathetic to parasympathetic and rest and digest. And when we do check their blood work, we can see that so many different physiology and so many of their chemistry completely changes because the body just knows how to heal itself. Once that organizing intelligence is activated through that rest and digest, they're able to heal so many different issues yeah well
0: and it's interesting you know it's it's hard to know with like something like hypothyroidism it's hard to know like what what was the original cause for that but certainly it seems like when you have that tension in the body it if, until you release that that is a limiting factor i know as a naturopathic doctor i'm always talking about what are the root causes behind health issues how do we remove all the obstacles to healing and and a lot of times we forget to talk about physical tension in the body and how movement and freeing up the body to move helps with the healing
1: process. Absolutely. I think it's a big issue. One of the things that I do, I have a thermal scan where you run it through the spine and you can see which nerves are not communicating with which organs. And one of the things that shows up is the nerves that they go through the thyroid gland most of the time with people who have thyroid issues are not activated. They're not able to communicate properly. So as you can see, the spine is one of the issues creating the thyroid issue. And I think around thyroid issues and any autoimmune issues, there are so many different factors because we are not, you know, we, we are not a machine. There are, we are an organism and different things impact us. Our emotions impact us. The air we breathe impacts us. The water we drink impacts us. The food we eat impacts us. It's not just one thing, but I really do believe that our stress levels, the way we hold our body, our self-awareness of our body has a huge impact in healing. And I would say that's the first place that I would go when I want to help somebody heal their issues is that how can we get you into a state of deep healing? How can we get you so that you have greater self-awareness so that you know when it is time to stop? Because your body is constantly trying to communicate with you. When you eat a food that your body doesn't like, you, get, you have burping or you get GERD or you have some acid reflux. Your body is telling you, I don't like this food, don't eat this food. And yet, we're, because we're in this constant state of go, 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 we forget to actually pay attention to these internal signaling and messaging. So by doing techniques that allows you to breathe deeper into your spine, by doing techniques that gives you at least an hour in a week for you to just tap into your body, tap into the resourcefulness of your body, you're able to have a greater awareness of your body. And that awareness, it's going to change the way you live your life. And as a result, you're gonna become healthier. Because I always tell my patients, don't own your disease. Own the action that's going to bring up ease. Own the action that's going to create change. Even the story that, you know, I have this disease or I can't do anything, this victimhood in itself takes people away from healing their body.
0: Yeah, and it is so important we oftentimes forget of the the importance of the parasympathetic parasympathetic nervous system in that rest or digest phase and that we're constantly on the go and we're constantly stressed that our body doesn't have that time to restore and to actually digest our food. And and even just at mealtime, time I think about how often, you know, those of you listening, like, I think about how often you grab things on the go and you don't take time to breathe and relax dur- before and during and right after a meal. And when with that when we are constantly on the go and eating and or eat and run, then we we don't give our bodies that time to truly digest. And when we don't do that, we can't digest our food, we can't absorb the nutrients and and that has a whole cascade effect on our health. And so what you're talking about is finding that time for that that, that parasympathetic state to, to take over. And so one of the things you mentioned was, was breath work, right? So
1: let's talk about
0: the, the healing powers of
1: just breath work. Yes, there is a, I do retreats and throughout this retreats, I take people through what I call stages of healing or stages of consciousness. And the stages of consciousness, they have different types of breath work to acknowledge the different feelings that we feel strong feelings. So for example, one of them is suffering. And one of them is just going into different areas of your body and just tapping into, is there a part of me suffering? Is there a part of me that needs to be acknowledged for the fact that there is a part of me that's grieving, a part of me that's sad? Because through acknowledgement, we can really shift those emotions. Another breath work is going into different parts of your body. One is your belly and one is your chest and tapping in and saying, are, how are the rhythms different in my belly in comparison to my chest? and. I call that stage polarity, being able to feel our polarity. Because a lot of times, if you're not able to feel your own polarity, you will project it out into other people in your life. But when you're able to see your own polarity, it creates greater compassion when you see someone else's polarity. Because at the end of the day, we want to come into a neutral place. So the breath work not only allows you to tap into different parts of your body and connect with your breath, but also connect with different emotions and different consciousness of the body. I also use a lot throughout the breath work, we use a lot of our voice, because when you activate your voice, like when you sing or when you just say, ah, you know, throughout the breath work, it allows you to shut down your mind, but it also activates the vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve is a cranial nerve that goes from your brain all the way down. It innervates all of your organs and it allows for the organs to go from that state of fight and flight to rest and digest. So another thing that we use throughout the breath work is using your voice, using creating sounds to one activate the vagus nerve and another one to acknowledge yourself. Sometimes just hearing your own voice is really soothing. And sometimes I have people call their name out when they're doing the breath work and apologizing to themselves for the parts of themselves they didn't notice. There are parts of ourselves we don't notice, especially for you and I being in the healing industry, we want to give so much more than looking at ourselves and acknowledging the parts of ourselves that are, that need more attention. So it's really powerful sometimes people calling their, their own name when they're doing the breath work for acknowledgement and for just creating this relationship back with ourselves. Because we have relationships with everybody else, but for a lot of us, the relationship we have with, our, with ourselves is kind of blocked. So there's just different types of breath work and different types of consciousness and different types of declarations and using your voice to acknowledge yourself.
0: I love that. that is, uh, that's fantastic. I think that um, for some people, it might be a little hard to do that initially. If you find, found some people it's challenging to, to use their name or to, to acknowledge themselves? Because um, yeah, it's, I feel like some people might have a block from that. Is that true?
1: You're absolutely right. It's a process. So when somebody first come in, I don't. I don't have them do all of that. It's just about like, okay, like, well, I just put their pen in different parts and the breathe, and I say, what do you feel? Do you have more breath in this area? Do you have less breath in this area? Is there an area where you feel like there is greater connection to your body? Is there an area where you feel like it's more tight? We would just start with simple things, and they're like, oh, I feel less tight, but more tight here and less breath here. And then we're like, okay, well, let's build a bridge. Let's see if you can shift this part that feels really tight. So we just start with really small things for them to just be aware of their body and as they go through care which take them into a state that's deeper and deeper where they can acknowledge different parts because it's really important to build a trustworthy relationship like so that the person trusts you and they can feel that they can express express themselves and be, show their vulnerable parts and be vulnerable. So you're absolutely right it does take time For some people they don't even their breath is so shallow that all I have to do is to just get them get their breath a little deeper. So it just really depends on where the individual is at and understanding that there is different timing for people and it's really important to respect that timing.
0: Yeah, that is that is really important. I think it's... Working with someone like like you're talking about working with a practitioner you feel safe with that you can trust you can open up to, and allow some of this to uh, work to unfold. I think is is a great you know finding that right person that you connect with is key and that you feel safe with um, that you can be vulnerable and open up and and hopefully then that allows you for sometimes people don't even trust themselves like and then and then you know you get that trust factor involved and that can really. Help open up some opportunities for healing, and I, I love this aspect because this this ties into a lot of what I'm, I'm encouraging people to do more self care, and because I think a lot of times we we're taking care of other people, and especially women, we tend to take care of uh, you know our children and maybe even parents or clients, patients, uh, other people around us, and we forget to take care of ourselves, and if we don't fully embrace that self-care time for self-care then it then we get burned out so much easier and it can lead to some of some health issues down the road
1: or worsening of current health issues you find that to be true too absolutely especially for women. um this is just my personal opinion and it's not from research but i really do think as a woman we're not supposed to work as many hours as men and it's important to acknowledge that i know we're in a society we're in a modern society and we want to you know, we want to be equal, and I totally agree with that. But it's also important to know that we bleed every month for seven days. It's important to acknowledge that that takes a lot of our essence and chief away from us. It's a great process because I think it's an amazing detox process. But to also consider that we are not the same. We are supposed to take more time to rest. We are supposed to take care of ourselves a little bit more because we lose all of that iron and all of that blood. So, and then you go through the phase of menopause where your, estrog- your hormones and your estrogen levels drop and your body has to take some time to adapt to itself. So it's really that self-care is really, really important, especially for women. And I think it's important that we have rituals as well, like a ritual for the morning when you get up, even if it's just 10, 15 minutes, to allow your body to calm down from that cortisol that hits us all of a sudden in the morning and you're just in this phase of go, go, go. Just calm down, doing a 10-minute meditation, um, you know, and the meditation, by the way, you don't have to be seated. Do something that works for you. If it works for you for to lay down, standing up, do that first. You know, whatever works for you. Um, if it's just you know drinking your tea in a garden, just grounding, earthing, putting your feet down on earth, getting let that iron come through, and just calming your nervous system is really important. And also, when it comes during your menstrual cycle, giving yourself a little bit more time a little bit more time to rest and allow your system to reset so that you can start your week or once your menstrual cycle ends, you can have more energy in your body for your life.
0: I love that. And you know, it's funny because my first reaction, I'm just going to be totally honest here, when you first, my first reaction to you saying women need more time to rest than men. I was like, oh, no, I don't need one more time than men to rest. But when you explain it like that, I I think I get what you're saying, um, is that women, as women, during especially during these phases of the month and these phases of our lives, that there are times when... And if, you know, if, if the word rest doesn't resonate with people, then it's like that time to go inward almost, or that time to restore from the inside out and to allow ourselves the time to do that because we need that during these, these times of change, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, if you even look at the hormone patterns of men and women, it's very different. So it's important to acknowledge those biorhythms that we have. Also, do you have kids? Yes, I do. Uh-huh, I have three. So I don't have any kids, but I think that even the process of birthing takes a lot on a woman's body. So then again, it's important that the woman rests after they have children or just to acknowledge that, hey, I went, go, I went through a process of birthing to three children. So then I do deserve to give myself the permission to rest a little bit, to take more time to go inward. And I know in our modern society, we just want to go, go, go. But it's important to acknowledge the biorhythms we have within because our cycles, our hormones are completely different. Men, they can work for 14, 15 hours. This is actually has been researched. For women, it's very difficult on their body because when you work and when you're constantly in a sympathetic, you're producing more testosterone and that's not natural for our body. So mm-hmm. it's important to acknowledge those biorhythms and everybody's a little bit different. Some women, they can keep going and they're, they're good. For some others, they need to rest a little bit more, maybe because they have a heavier menstrual cycle. So I'm just saying that it's important to acknowledge those parts that we are supposed to be more gentle because our feminine nature deserves it. And we should give ourselves a permission to do so.
0: Right. Having that permission to have time for self-care, like you're talking about, I think is so key. And sometimes it can be challenging to find the time, especially when you're talking about people that have children. And- Oftentimes, if you have children, it's harder to find that time, but you really even more so need to find that time. And so I oftentimes, for me personally, I find that early mornings or later in the evenings are good times for for finding that time. And depending upon what I, what I have time for, whether that's morning or night, that will vary the type of self-care activity that I do. It's like, in the morning you're trying to you know get get going so you could do more energizing activities and exercise and the evenings it's more that's a better time for reflection and calming down bedtime rituals those sorts of things for self-care but you know, I, cause I, I know that oftentimes people that have children be like, how does she know she not have children, but, <laughs> but it is, it is true that we ha- we have to find that time. And, and we just, we're just better able to do all the things that we want to do in our lives. And so I love that. And um, so, you know, movement is also so important and, and breathing and breath work brings in movement of our spine and our bodies. But what are you, you mentioned
1: to me before we got sort of like talking about the power of yoga and stretching. Yeah, it's really amazing what a 10 minute yoga can do for you and how energizing it is when you're just moving your spine. In my practice, I use a specific technique as I was telling you earlier, it's called network spinal. where We're activating the spine, we're helping the spine to create movement and self adjustment. But I think integrating different practices that involves the flexibility, creating the diff- flexibility in our spine is so important for our health and for our energy. I mean, 10 minutes of yoga, just going, allowing your spine to go into a movement of extension, it's extremely energizing. And just allowing our spine to have these different movements. Our spine was meant to move. Belly dancing, Zumba, hip hop dancing, just allowing the movements of music the rhythm of music help us move our body help us move our spine it's extremely extremely important for health i cannot emphasize it enough so i was working at an office where i was only allowed to do functional medicine so i was only you know i was checking people's blood work i would give them a diet based on their dna or based on their food and they would get a little better they would get they would get better some of them they didn't change and i'm like thinking what's going on like why is it not working And then I had another group where they were getting their spine checked and they were receiving functional medicine and every single one of them, they did so much better. And I think that giving the time to the body to just reset, giving the time for that breath to go through each vertebrae, because our lungs, they go all the way down to our back, in in our back. So we're not using that entire capacity of breath. Most of us are not. So just retraining the body to be able to take that deep of a breath and having a a deep exhale and being able to move the breath through each vertebrae and instead of stretching, actually having our breath to stretch our tissue, it's it's very empowering because it allows you to go into a really state of deep, deep healing, deep relaxation and just exploring how much breath you can take in as time goes by, because most of us are shallow breeders. And just knowing that you can actually inhale for a minute, like that's, that's, how, that's how I breathe. Sometimes when I, I'm going to that space where I'm breathing, I can inhale for a minute. And that's something that developed over time. It didn't happen overnight because I was a very shallow breeder, just like everybody else. But that breath can completely change your perspective. When something stressful happens, your body just automatically just goes into that state of breath. When you're driving and somebody cuts you off, you can just go into that state. So I think breath and movement and giving the time to our spine to just go into different movements, just maybe tuning in and seeing what feels good today. How do I, you know, just doing an, uh, doing an intuitive yoga, just seeing like what feels good, it's going to be extremely empowering um, because it allows you to connect with the resourcefulness that is right inside of you, that, that intelligence that is right inside of you.
0: Yeah, and I think when we talk about
1: shallow versus deep
0: breathing, how does someone know that they are a shallow breather? And I mean, obviously seeing you, they would, you would be able to tell them that by, by watching and listening to them breathe. But you mentioned an inhale of a minute long. And I, I mean, that is that, I mean, people might not realize, but if you, you know, listeners, if you take set your timer for a minute and try to inhale for the entire minute without exhale. That's a long time. So, but there's somewhere in between that's that's still going to be healthy for people. How do people know if they're a shallow breather and how can they, how, how can they improve that?
1: The best way is to put your hands in your body and especially in different places. So you would start with your belly and just see how far you can, how big can you make your belly? So how can you stretch your tissue a little bit more? And that's how you, you know, practice to get it deeper and deeper. And I, I I just go for a minute. You know, everybody should find their own rhythm. Everybody's different. So that's one of the ways. And just actually breathing in three areas, your belly, where your ribs come together, your solar plexus, and your heart. And just paying attention and saying, where do you have greater breath? Where can Where is your tissue being stretched more? Where is it being stretched less? I'm going into the area that is tighter to bring more breath. Breath in, and it just you know, it's just really your, you you'll see that if you do this for a week and you just do it for five minutes a day, you will for sure notice that there, it's going to be a change, and your breath is going to get deeper and deeper. And it's really calming, there is something really powerful about you touching your body and just being in tune of how much you're stretching. When you're breathing, you're stretching your entire connective tissue of your body, it's really powerful to just watch that and just to see that wow, you know, my tightness in my neck and in my shoulder could simply go away by just doing deep breathing. Yeah, yeah. And
0: so, you know, usually people can tell if they're shallow breathing, if they kind of touch, you know, tune in with themselves and they're breathing, they can be aware of that. And just being aware of it, I think, is a big a big opportunity to to shift that type of breathing. And then having that, those longer, deeper breaths Part of that is a physiologic thing that takes some a, training your body and adjusting to going from breathing a shallow up in your chest to, to those deep
1: breathing techniques, right? Take, yeah, absolutely. Take, and then you of in your you body. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So you can also just see which one group gives you more breath. So you can do in your nose, out your mouth. You can do in your nose, out your nose. You can do in your mouth, out your... Out your nose, or you can do in your mouth. Out your mouth, so you can do different types, just to see which one feels better for my body, and with which one gives me a deeper breath. And there's all these different ways can really stimulate the nervous system and can really stimulate the body. So if you want to do, if you're in the morning, if you want to get more energized, you would do in your nose. Out your nose. If you want to calm down, you would do in your nose. Out your mouth. So there's different ways of doing it as well, for more energy or just more relaxation
0: yeah it's it's so amazing there's, there's different ways to, ways to breathe that impact our our sympathetic parasympathetic that balance it's it's pretty pretty interesting to learn about that um, so now in your practice you have experience working with people so there are a lot of things we talked about today breath work, movement, stretching, yoga, and, and you know, mindfulness and being aware saying your name. I love that one. Saying your name as you breathe. And, um, there's a lot of that we can do ourselves, but some people need a little extra support. So that's what you do in your, in your practice, right? You help people. There's a, a technique that you
1: use. Yeah. There's a technique that I use. It's called network spinal analysis. You guys can look it up on YouTube and you can just read a little bit about it, it's very different than most chiropractic techniques. I don't do any adjustments, because what I see is that once that breath is activated, once the spine is activated, people have urges of wanting to self-adjust. So a lot of times their spine actually gets adjusted without me doing anything, because that is the power of the intelligence of the body. And this paradigm is a little bit different, because we think about it as reorganization or healing, So, and it's about creating instability in the body through the breath, through the movement, and that instability creates reorganization into a higher state of function. So it's a little bit of a different perspective into healing, but it's also really important that we time it properly for each patient. So it's really important that I acknowledge that the person who's coming through my office Maybe they're not ready for all of that movement. So we'll just start with a little bit of breath. Maybe somebody else comes in that they're really movement for big movements. So then we give them more. It's really about creating a space where they are fully loved. They are fully supported. And they feel that they can express themselves. The work is also done in groups, which I think is extremely powerful. So I see like four or five people at the same time. And there is something really powerful about hearing somebody else breathe where it makes everybody else to want to tune into their body. So it's really, it's really interesting. Those mirror neurons of our brain, actually, they look at other people and they learn that, okay, this is time for me to relax, tap it into my body, and allow my body to just go into that state of rest and digest. So I constantly check my patient through different technology, heart rate variability, thermography, electromyography, and I can see that the holding pattern is changing, their posture is changing through something rather simple, through them, being able to breathe in different parts of their spine and allowing their body to make the movements that are that are urges that are like urges instead of me telling them what to do, they just the urges are created through this work. So it's really it's really fascinating to watch it, and it's really fascinating to look at their blood work and see the physiology change because their spine is changing.
0: Interesting,
1: very interesting. So. I really appreciate you sharing all this
0: information today and and sharing what people can do on their own and additional support that people can get.
1: Where where can people learn more about the work that you do? They can go on my website, drtararasta.com. It's D R T A R A R A S T A. I also would love anybody to call me. It's free consultation. I just, if I can't help you, I would love to refer you out to somebody that I know, or you can just come to my office and get some tea with me. It's called Tea Time with Dr. Tara. And I can just, you know, look and see how it is that I can support you because at the end of the day, my mission is to help people bring out their gifts. And Trevor, I think that one of the limiting factors for healing is when people are not sharing your gifts. I think for you doing this podcast is part of your gift. So it gives you a lot of energy maybe when you do this podcast and I think for everybody else to figure out what it is your what your passion is and letting that passion that fire to just burn inside of you so that it can take away the chilling effects of doubt and uncertainty and failure is so important for healing so I think my last message is please empower yourself by finding out what it is your dream what is your dream what is your passion and live it because that in itself is extremely healing and once you tap into that passion and your love for the dream that you have, you're going to get better because that creates so much more energy inside of you for healing.
0: Great. Thank you so much. I, I love tea time with Tara. That's uh, Dr. Tara. That's, that's fantastic. I, I need to have tea time with Dr. Trevor. I <laughs> need to have tea <laughs> yeah, time. <Tyler>. So <laughs> great. All right. Thanks for coming on today. Again, thanks for your, um, all your great information. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Dr. Trevor. Have a wonderful day. I hope you enjoyed this interview today with Dr. Tara. To learn more about her, you can go to thespadoctor.com, go to the podcast page with her interview, and you'll find all the information and links there. And while you're there, I invite you to join the Spa Doctor community so you don't miss any of our upcoming shows and information and you can get your own customized skin report at theskinquiz.com find out what information your skin is trying to tell you about your health and what you could do about it just go to theskinquiz.com it's a free online quiz also i invite you to join me on social media the Spot doctor is on facebook instagram twitter youtube and pinterest you can join the conversation there and I'll see you next time on the Spot Doctor podcast.